Hi guys, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. I'm so excited. I am welcoming Pod family to the podcast today, Samantha Porter-Grinney. She's a fellow podcaster. Her podcast is called Samantha's West. It was created for young moms and families as a highly curated harbor to shop and learn. Samantha, with help from her best friend and brother, Scott, envisioned luxury goods with meaning, giving back, and a podcast to tie it all together. This human is out there on the mic telling the truth with a phenomenal sense of humor. And today we are talking about family and balance and how you manage all of that with grace. I did not know Samantha long before we started talking about family experience. She has a very outside of status quo family situation that she shares and she shares how to manage it. We're all kind of in motion on managing family around the holidays and just day-to-day life. And it's not easy and there's really no handbook. So this human really does it well. And I think her wise words of managing family, especially in tougher situations, um, are really gold. So listen to her good words and hopefully your holidays might be a little bit easier not keep the tequila close. Check it out. We will be on YouTube and listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm super excited today. We have PodFam in the house. I met this human at another podcasting event. She's got a podcast. I'm super excited to talk about um, not only her podcast and what she's going on, but her incredible grace around managing family. We are coming off holidays. We've got a ton of holidays coming up and family is always a tricky balance. I know so many of our emotions come from spaces of love, but they're not always the most graceful situations. So Samantha is here to school us a little bit on managing that grace and families. Yeah, you know, so, my family's going to listen to this and they're going to be like, does she have the right Samantha? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this will be good for everybody's family, probably, yeah. except for both of ours, but that's OK. Right. Exactly. No, we're we're going to give everybody gold stars. But here's her quick 411 on her uh, podcast. I really want you to tune in. She's got a lot of cool things going on. And I love her background, marketing, branding and all things high end fashion, which, you know, we're here for. But Samantha's West was created for young moms and families as a highly curated harbor to shop and learn. Samantha, with help from her best friend and brother, Scott envisioned luxury goods with meaning giving back and a podcast to tie it all together without further ado sam welcome to turmeric and tequila hi everyone so excited to be here on the other side of it yes yes do do you go by sam by the way i don't know why i just called you sam versus samantha um either or um okay you know the older i get the more i go by (laughs) samantha but you know my dad still calls me sammy rose so oh yay okay yeah okay well so tell us a little bit about the family. And I think it's when you were talking, we were talking to our podcast, obviously I was fascinated. I'm like, what is the line on what you talk about? What you don't talk about. And I've struggled with this. I'm being fully transparent Mm -hmm. in this podcast, but like, give us some background and and how you're good at all this. Oh my gosh. You're so sweet. So, um, I always love to drop the bomb on new people. I'm like, Oh, my husband's 20 years older than me. And everyone's (laughs) like, eyes like jump out. Like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with you? Or, you know, do you have daddy issues or who knows? And I'm like, No, I just was young and I was working in fashion in New York City and this cute older gentleman bought me a tequila and the next thing you know, 10 years later, um, a kid, he came with two kids, twins, I came with a dog and uh, we built this life together and, you know, here we are navigating co-parenting, age gaps, um, stay-at-home mom, working dad, finances, that's a big one, uh, teenagers now 
all the all the stuff. You're disrupting so many so many labels, and I like this because I'm actually on the other side. I usually date younger, and that's a whole a whole realm of stereotypes in that cougar. You know, I'm comfortable with those, but it's more like, oh my god, you're 41 and single. What's wrong with you? What's going on? There's like some big reveal in there, and I'm like, no, there's not actually. <laughs> like, just live this live in my life, like yeah. I don't know. I don't know with an older guy, whatever. <laughs> exactly. But I like it because you do. I mean, this was 10 years ago. So even in 10 years, we've made some strides around stereotyping certain things. But you are pretty good. It sounds like from just managing some of these labels and the girl always gets it more than the guy. Like for a guy, it's yes. like, oh, my, it's like high five. You get a younger girl. and da, 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 da. Wait, My husband's claim to fame when we first started dating, I actually got in my first car accident. I was 24 years old and I couldn't <laughs> rent a loaner car. I was not old oh. enough. He loved telling everyone. I'm dating a girl who's not old enough to rent a car. <laughs> it's, and they, there's the difference between the yep. two. Yep. There it is. Did you guys have from the get-go a really open conversation around age and kids and everything? Yes, I we did. So, um, I mean, I grew up, grew up in New York, New York City. And like, so, you know, I grew up a little bit faster, probably too fast. So at 24, I had no issues with the idea of settling down, but I made it very clear to him, like, I want to get married and I want to have kids. And he said, if we go the distance, I will give you one child, but you have to understand that I have twins already. And now on the other side of it, like think, oh my goodness, financially, just your yeah. time, your energy. We're very happy, very full family. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Three, one kid is a lot, three humans and twins um, are, are a jungle. Can you talk about your first date? I love this so much. Oh, when we met? Yeah. On our, our Oh my gosh. Well, we met at a tequila bar and, you know, I was like telling my best friend at the time, Taylor, like this, like older guy won't stop looking at me. And then she looked and saw him and was like, Oh, she's like, go, go with Steve upstairs to the bathroom. And if he follows you, I'll let you know, or with his eyes, not because not actually follows me. That would have been creepy. I was and he did. That. We came down, we approached them at the bar, you know, we got some free drinks. He invited me to a wedding like randomly and you know we've been together ever since but our first official date he flew into town and asked me to pick him up in a, a car and I was like uh I, I don't drive I don't pick up gentlemen gentlemen pick me up yes so yeah yeah Wait, so what, what, old school. what was the first encounter though around the funeral <laughs> oh that that no that was the first time I met my in-laws oh, oh my even better okay no this okay. is okay Okay, so I'm Jewish. That's my background. My husband is Catholic. A another thing to add to the mix, actually. Yes. And um, he brings me home because uh, Grandma, Grandma Bernice, passed away. So he calls me and tells me. And in our Jewish religion, it's like you are buried the next day by sunset. Like it is a very quick turnaround. Um, so I tell my mom, and she's like, "Oh, are you gonna go tomorrow?" And I'm like, "No, it's next month." She's like, "What are they doing with Grandma?" I'm like, "Putting her on ice." I don't freaking know. This is so weird. So he takes me to Minneapolis. He lives an hour outside. We go to the church and it's an open casket. Ugh. Another thing in the Jewish religion we do not do. So there's Grandma Bernice. My father-in-law is an ex-mortician. So he's in there adjusting oh. Grandma. Everyone's looking. I'm like hiding in the corner. And then they had me walk down the aisle with them, with Grandma. And then there was like a gong, which Michael told me is really a church bell. I had a little bit of an anxiety attack. And we spent, I mean- that was it. And the rest was history. <laughs> Although, did I tell you the worst part that happened recently? I don't think so. I don't know if I knew you at this point or I knew that after we first met, um, my son inherited an iPad for my mother-in-law because it like whatever. And he loves to scroll through pictures. <sighs> and he's like, mommy, who is this? And it was a picture of grandma Bernice in the casket. 
No, they didn't clear the iPad. They gave it to me. I with know. Like- <laughs> my heart is like pumping out of my chest right now. Just like retelling, looking at this sweet old woman who I never met with like. What? There. So this, this actually like prefaces the conversation so well because, and family is just hard in general, even if it's like pitch your storybook perfect, which no one's is you've got religion and age gaps and viewpoints and something. Yeah, yeah. Generational views. And it's not just like, I hate my family. Or I love it. Like there's so many yeah. layers to all yeah. this. And at the base of it, I mean, everybody for the most part wants to do the right thing. But then as we get older, we, we want to show up authentically and we change as we, you know, we're individual. So it's hard to fit back into that unit. Like we once did as kiddos. Um, and, and there's not, and there's no rule book to any of this. Like there's no good way to manage it. Even if we've done therapy, which I think we both have life coaching, oh, yeah. like oh, you yeah. name it. We've, we've un- mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's even then it's still like an unpacking thing. And it's, it's hard also if you've done some of the work and other people haven't. So that's a whole podcast. Um, we but go what, to therapy for people who don't go to therapy. Yes. <laughs> yes. That should probably be the, the title of this podcast. Like he, um, what do how did, so at what point, okay. When you're noticing, so you know, you're now dating or engaged to this older guy. You've got your own family stuff going on. Are your parents divorced, married? My parents were married for 20 plus years, but they are divorced uh, now. Yes, yes, okay. yes. So that's, and they've that... been divorced since before I was married to Mike. So he only knows them like that. Gotcha. Okay. So my parents actually divorced later in life as well. Um, okay. At what point were you like noticing the family dynamic shifting and like around holidays or gatherings when things were really starting to shift and you had to be a little bit more intentional about your behavior? Oh my goodness. So I don't know if it's because, um, my parents and my husband are closer in age than, um, I am, but like, it's like silly how well he gets along with my family. Like it's almost to the point of like annoyance. Cause like a lot of the time they take his side over mine, which is like, uh, but, um, um, obviously I am not close in age with my in-laws. And since we have an age gap, it's even like a bigger level because like, they're almost like grandparent age to me instead of uh in-law age if that makes any sense so sure. um they I, I I mean they're lovely they're lovely grandparents here I am um and uh I learned my lesson before but you know we just don't have a lot in common you yeah. know besides like we love dogs and it is hard and um I don't think there's a lot of um we don't we celebrate Catholic holidays or Christ- Christmas holidays with them and and that's that you know yeah you just kind of make it work you got to, you got to, but like, you know, like my family, we curse, we love a glass of rosé, a martini. When I'm at my in-laws, I'm like, seltzer water, please. Cause I just still, after 10 years, I'm not really myself. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Did Um, I not answer the question? I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, you did. No, I was just curious. (laughs) Like, when did you, when did you like really start to become aware of like, I've got to be conscious of my actions or I want to intentionally show up to make this work because it's important to me. Cause I think when you're younger, you just show up, you go to holidays, you're not really like paying attention, but as we get older, like and people, honestly, day one, day one. And I think a lot of that was because of the age gap. Like when I showed up for that funeral, like I, I mean, I always plan out my outfits to the point of like nausea, but like yes. I wanted to be prim and proper. I wanted to look a certain way. I didn't want it to be like, here's this blonde 24 year old growing up, growing up, showing up. Like, and um, <laughs> it's just really carried on. My parents were really big on like manners and etiquette also growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, they're like respect your elders. I remember I like wrote them like a handwritten thank you note for like, you know, having me in their home, including me and whatever kind of weird now that I look back and think, you know, for a funeral, but, um, yeah, it's always been like that. And I think just because of the age gap and trying to like live up to expectations of like what I was supposed to like be like, mm-hmm. and it's still like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you, how do you manage some of the things? I think that's good. I love that you're like, my family was big on etiquette. And yet before that you prefaced it with like, you say curse words and Rose. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh, so yeah. turmeric and tequila. Oh yeah, no, it is. It's like, it, it couldn't be more like napping in your lap, no elbows on the table. Yes, yes ma'am. No, sir. Like, uh-huh. And then it's like, give me a fucking glass of Rose. It's like, I can't, I can't. I'm with it. I like I, all the, <laughs> you can wear all the hats. Um, yeah. Was there any point where, I mean, there was like such deep tensions and you have like pro tips on like maybe how you manage coming out of like a disagreement or being around someone like you absolutely like it's really difficult to be I'll, around. I'll tell you, um, I, I made a really big error on my podcast and like, um, I was in, on a mad hunt to get a new dog for my son. Um, and my mother-in-law is a, she shows dogs. Like that's like her passion. That's what she does. And she wanted to help us find a dog. And I, I admit I gave her too much, like, uh, you know, I, I didn't set the boundaries. How about that? Like, yeah. and she ended up getting us a dog that didn't work for our family. I've never rehomed a dog in my entire life. Like I yeah. honestly was that person who like, like, ew, you're rehoming a dog. You can't take care of your dog. Like, no, 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 no. We, we have no, we got a German short hair pointer. If anyone knows them, they are so special, but do not get one unless you have like 15 acres for them to yeah. play with. We ended up rehoming him. And I spoke on the podcast, how it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I guess she listened to it and she texted my husband and I felt like shit. I felt yeah. really, really, really bad. Like I get on the podcast and I'm like, you'll never believe. I asked my mom to pick me up at the airport and she was like, hell no, get a driver or something. And no <laughs> one cares, but like everyone has different sensitivity level. And I had to- fall on my sword. I had to apologize. Yeah. And, um, I think the podcast has been a little different ever since. Oh, interesting. Okay. Do you think it was a good experience? Like you learned from it? Like it was a positive, like life experience. It hundred percent was. And it's like, once you put stuff out there, whether it's on social media, whether you write someone a letter, an email, a podcast, like, you know, you can't, you can't get out of anything anymore. Yeah. Everything is there to stick. And it's something I teach like my bigger kids too, especially with social media. Like you don't put stuff out there that you yeah. don't want the world to see. And it was so real. It was so authentic. It's my most listened to podcast of 50 plus 60, 70. And, um, I censor myself too much now. Like there's a lot yeah. of real stuff that goes on and I'm too caught up with not wanting to hurt feelings. I don't want to use my family as a platform to get listeners, but like, yeah. you know, if I'm, really, really upset that I had to, you know, sit through another sober Thanksgiving meal. I want to be able to yeah. talk about it. And I just made that up, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's really deep intel though. Cause that's kind of like the life metaphor. I think it's like, it's love and loss. Like you fall hard early cause you don't know any better. And then mm -hmm. your next go round, like your heart's open, but you're a little bit guarded. Cause you felt 100%. like the pain of like the breakup or the unfilteredness or, I mean, it's always, but I also do think it's a, it's a, I think the lessons are always good, but you've got to remain authentic. And I, I think my version, or at least hope for myself is that I get better at managing people, not, not me, not doing what people want me to do. So like being okay with that disagreeance being like, I don't want to hurt anyone, of course. Right. And at 41, I have to stand in my truth. And like, if we disagree on something, I, I mean, like that's, that's gotta be okay. A part of me is of a people pleaser, but I, I think, my family probably gets the most real version of me <laughs> more than anything. Cause like, I, I don't know. I just can't fake it. I have this inability as good as I am like PRing some things. If I don't want to be somewhere or I don't want to be a part of something like you see it. And like, there's yeah. just not enough tequila changes it. Like it's just there and that has served me and not served me in my life. But like you're saying, well, I think you just that's learned. the balance of it all though. Like right. sometimes, I mean, 
oh my gosh, me and my husband disagreed so hard on something the other day with, where it doesn't happen, like to the point where it was like almost a fight. And even the next day I was like, I'm sorry. And I love you and I respect you. I'm like, but I really do feel this way about the situation. Yeah. And it's so stupid. It's not even worth. So I think just like taking a breath and like realizing that it's okay to agree to disagree yeah. and move forward is important. And sometimes we're not going to be able to get out of that bad yes. situation or like where I don't want to be and happens well disagreement is real let's talk about boundaries a little bit because Mm -hmm. this is where it's like you go to therapy for people that don't go to therapy because boundaries are hard and also if you don't understand boundaries um it's hard to give them to people that don't know what they are. So this has been a, a very Bingo. deeper experience. I always try and go back to myself. I'm like, what can I do better? I'm far from perfect. And I do have strong opinions. I'm deeply protective of my family. So when I see certain That's situations- That's why we're therapized. We always want to like give people the best versions of ourselves and work yeah. on ourselves. Totally. I'm, yeah. We, we must have both spent a lot of time talking. Well, so <laughs> how, how have you got good about boundaries and how do you like execute them? Um, unfortunately boundaries tend to only happen when stuff goes bad first. Yeah. Like it's never, it's never just a boundary is set. It's like something happened and now we need to set the boundaries and it yeah. sucks, but yeah. it's, it, there's like growing pains and boundaries too, where people learn them and it really sucks that people don't respect them and you have to like cut them off. Yeah. Um, luckily it hasn't happened in family. Um, it's only happened in friends where I've had to cut off because people didn't respect boundaries, but it's also really hard when family thinks your boundaries are like stupid, let's say. And I know that's a silly word to use, but if I give an example, um, gosh, my, I'm going to be the doghouse again. If my in-laws listen to this, um, they like to pop in unexpected. Oh, and I am a hard, hard no with that. And for so many levels, like, you know, if my house isn't spotless, if I'm walking around naked, I mean, not that I walk around naked, but you know, my underwear, um, just whatever. And they don't think it's, they're like, we're family. Why would you be, why would you care? And I'm like, because I care. You live an hour away. You have an hour to let me know. You don't pop in. Oh, that would not be okay. Can you imagine? Yeah. No. Well, I've had friends because my house is like very revolving door. People are like, you're alone all the time. I'm like, no, I'm actually like humans are here all the time. Like my family comes through here, which is great, but I, I need a heads up. I think it's very bizarre. I'm hundred percent walking around however I want, or I have dogs, I have gates to watch. Like I, I do not like like the pop in on anything. And I'm very good reciprocating that. Like I'm on my way or what are you doing tomorrow? Like, yeah, no to the, to the pop in, but, but I think generationally that's hard. And so I have to, I think the key with boundaries, like the first step, and let me know if you agree with this or if you have a better way, but it's just communication is like step one. Communication is everything. It is. It is. So what do you, what do you do if they don't get it? Like, how do you, do you just keep drilling it in or like, how do you handle that? Um, I think it's handled different ways, uh, based on who it is and what Mm -hmm. the boundary is. Like if it's me, and my friendships or me and my family, like I can take full ownership and control and be like, you know, that you're not, this isn't being, you know, respected or accepted, but like to set boundaries for someone else that like you, someone else's family or someone else's friends. Yeah. That's even happened with one of my husband's friends that I don't like. It's very hard. It's hard because yeah. you're relying on someone else to carry through the communication and to enforce the respect. And, you know, we can't be in control of everything. Yeah, I know. And I think letting go like that constant mindset of surrendering to what we can't control has been a very, I know exactly. Take a shot now. It's, it's very, um, it's, it's difficult to like 
I'm here to let go because also I just get exhausted and burned out. And there's a lot of weak parts. It's like, okay, I'll let go because I'm fucking exhausted. But on the flip side, like mentally letting go and not getting into like mind traps of like overthinking things and like repeating and then creating story. Um, it's hard to like disconnect from, from that. Have you been in situations? And I do want to talk a little bit about this because this is kind of happened with my family. Um, your dad likes to date a lot younger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about like some of these dinner experiences? This was, oh I was gosh. so glad we crossed paths because we, we didn't yeah. even know each other long and some of this came up uh, and I'm like, I love this girl. This is perfect. Uh, oh yeah. Well, no, it's like, it's part of like my narrative. It's part of like, my dad is my best friend. Like I can't even begin to tell you how many times I talked to him already today. Um, <laughs> I love him and I adore him, but you know, I think he got married really young and was married for a long time. And now he's single living in Miami beach and you know, he loves to date girls between the ages of like legal to like 25. I'm like, sometimes if we hit like a 30 or a 33, which is my age, I'm like, clap, clap, clap. But um, yeah, I think he's just trying out a little bit of everything. And it's really funny when he brings some of these girls over and my, my son's like, oh, another one of Papa's friends are here. Or like the dinner conversation when you realize that like the person was born in like the year 2000 and like, they have no idea what you're talking about. Like, They've never seen the movie Clueless before. Like, what is Clueless? What? Like, oh my, okay. My 13 year old daughter, maybe that should just say about the quality of person. If you don't know what Clueless yes. is, like, yes. come on now. Yes. Um, no, it's hysterical. Or like going out to dinner with my brother and my husband and my dad and like a girl. And I'm like, is this girl legal to drink alcohol right now? <laughs> like, those are really weird questions to be asking yourself. And then you have to be like, well, what does she really want from my dad? But sometimes they're nice, sometimes they're flops. Um, <laughs> my they, flops is they, wildly they, underused I love that yeah they are though and uh yeah. and Wes thinks everyone's his babysitter and my my big <laughs> kids though my 13 year olds are like old enough to know what's up now so it's like extra awkward like we went on a family vacation um two summers ago yeah two summers ago and one of the girls like only wore a thong bikinis like not like the not like the tushy ones like you see like the girls wearing out like legit like what I wear underneath my like leather pants kind of like tight, tight pants whatever and I'm thinking like either my 13 year old son is like mortified or he's having the best vacation of yeah. his life like yeah oh yeah yeah wait so how do you so okay so we've got dad a like teen-ish girlfriend that's legal yeah. um yeah. and yeah. then like Always legal. Your older, your older husband, like, how did you, does anyone say anything or do we just roll with it? Like, is this a good example well, for how I, society can go? I would love to be a fly on the wall, especially like where we were, like, and I'm not even going to say, cause it doesn't matter, but like, I'm sure we, we raised eyebrows. Actually yeah. one time, this was a different family vacation. My dad got remarried. He was married to a girl my age. I don't know if I told you that he was married uh -uh. For like a few years and we're on another family vacation. And this is like right when COVID happened and we're at a lake in New Hampshire and we're filling up the boat with gas. And my son is sitting in his then step grandma's lap. I don't even want to know what the fuck you call a girl, his mother's age, we'll who's married that. to his grandpa, his ex step grandma. And the gas attendant, gas doc was like, oh, is that your son? And she's like, she said yes or something. And I was like, what? And I was like, like, no, I'm like, do you want to get ready for this story? That's my dad's wife. I'm the same age as her. That's my kid. That's my husband. Those are his stepchildren. Those are her friends and family. And I'm just like, like the connect the dots and the family tree. And I'm like, this is weird. This is so weird. Yeah. Sorry. Well, but also I think, you know, nowadays, like 
anything kind of goes if it works. Like we don't need to yeah. be in this like stereotypical thing. And I think if you guys can find balance in all that and it working, I actually think, I hope pe- more people see it because it's a really graceful example of like how good things can be outside of like the stereotypical situation. No, like I'm sure, sorry again, my in-laws, I love you. I'm sure my in-laws who have been married for 50 plus years and are traditional and have three yeah. children and but blah, 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 look at my dad. I mean, I know because they told me and they think it's like, you know, their eyeballs are popping out of their head again. Yeah. But like, my dad's my best friend. I love him. He is the best grandpa in the entire world. He comes with like some really weird friends, but I'm not going to not let my kids grow up the way I grew up with like suck fun and summer vacations and all this, because I might not care for who my dad is sharing a bed with, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I can't let it affect me. And believe me, it has, you yeah. know, my brother has a bigger thing when, um, cause my brother and I grew up differently because of the divorce. Like I don't want to call him jealous. This is not, but it's very hard. I think to watch your dad, like spoil people yeah. when like he wasn't as much a part of your life to spoil you. And then maybe it's, there's a lot of layers, layers yeah. a lot of layers, but at the end of the day, I always remind myself and I'll tell all your listeners to it. Is it worth not being a part of this person's life? Because you might not agree with it. And yeah. for me, it's, it's not worth it. Like I'd rather be with my dad. I'm going to go visit him on Wednesday just because. Um. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think it's also a a noteworthy point to highlight that different siblings can have different experiences and you can have different viewpoints. And and that's all justified because we really, even within families, like we do grow up so differently and have different views on the same situation. Um, Have any of these girls like tried to, I think as a female, I've had to block people. I've had, oh, sorry. I didn't even know you were going to ask. You already know. (laughs) I think with women, they expect like this friendship immediately and like this latch on. And I'm a deeply busy human. And it's, it's nine and I'm a business person and I'm aggressive and I am, people think I'm from New York all the time. I'm from Colorado, but I talk fast and I'm straightforward and whatever. How fast are we both talking right now? They're going to need a nap and a Tylenol, but they'll be okay. Um, So people always think that, but like I, but they're different kind of women than me, which is totally fine. And I love all these different perspectives and I don't, I truthfully don't have a lot of extra time. So it gets misconstrued. Have people tried to latch onto you and like have expectation because you are the girlfriend? Or the girl, I, the friend. Yeah, I am like the magnet for these kind of people. My husband and like I kid around. I'm like I'm not nice. Yeah. Like I don't know why the people feel the need to open up to me. But like some of his girlfriends will like tell me about like intimate details, like yes. that you don't want to know about anyone's sex life, let alone your dad's, or like Ugh. calling me and asking me questions. Like there was one girl, man. Oh Lord, we dropped her off at the airport and I, I literally shook my husband's hand and I go, let's make a bet. Are we ever going to see this one again? I had a blocker on Instagram, oh. email, poor girl. Poor girl. I, what, so what do you, how do you handle some of the, or like the one maybe that like he was married how to? How do I handle like, it? I'm not yeah. having a drink, but usually with a drink, you know, it's like <laughs> sitting there and listening to some like 24 year girl, year old girl crying to you, asking you if your daddy is dating anyone else besides them. Like. That's weird. Ooh, it's weird. And it's yeah. awkward. And I, I'm a magnet for it. I, 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 I'm so glad you're saying this because I get the same thing and then I end up looking like the jerk and I'm like, I got to put these boundaries up really early. Not because it's even personal sometimes. It's just like, cause I don't have the energy and we're different and we're busy. And like, maybe they don't usually have a lot of girlfriends or something. And like, I, there's expectation, I think, cause I'm the female and it's really, it's one of my biggest challenges to navigate. It's so um, interesting that you like say all this and like, you're so it, when it, I'm not good at this when it comes to family or anything that's to yeah. do with family. Like I let it all in, but like with friends, I'm really starting to learn now. Like I only have so many hours in the day yeah. and like, I 
just can't do it sometimes. Like I just physically, mentally, emotionally, like I can't do it. Yeah. I gotta, there's, I gotta keep going. And so it's not always about them. Like, that's what I struggle with. <gasps> like the yes. plate is full and it's not even yeah. about you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The hardest thing for me right now in my friendships, I'm just really taking all this conversation. Sorry. No, um, no. you're the guest. <laughs> um, it's very weird for me right now, but I'm enjoying it. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a second kid. I only had one kid and majority of my mom friends went on to have number two and I don't give a fuck about diapers or bottles or nap time or any of that. Like we're in the home stretch. Wes is about to be five. He doesn't have a bedtime in the summer. He doesn't wet himself. And I'm just like, uh, not that I don't care because this sounds insensitive and it's not, but like I have so much other stuff going on. Yeah. Like, mommy and me, Jim Bree is just like, I don't, I don't, I don't. And then they, you know, I have been migrating to other friends that my, their littlest is my little, my little's age. And it's like a weird kind of dynamic because it's like not new friends, but it's just like, we're in the same places in our life. And gosh, it's just hard trying to cater to other people. You just got to do yourself. You can't though. Yeah. And I, there's always a good saying when that, when I kind of get in those situations where I'm trying to like rate the cost benefit analysis on what do I do? Cause you do care about these people, but I do think people and situations come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And so it's okay. If it like, if you move on and you go on to the next thing and you have a different group of friends and like, you don't have to care about things you think you're supposed to care about. I don't, I don't have kids. And I talk about my yeah. dogs all the time. So people are like, I don't care about dogs and back squats and like probably a lot of things I talk about. So like, then you, I don't care. know if I can be friends with someone who didn't care about dogs. I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> This is why we're That's friends. kind of like a deal breaker. Like if your dog doesn't like who you're dating, you're like, mm, they must know something that I haven't figured out yet. Like, I know. Well, that's, that's been a challenge. Cause like, well, as you know, my dogs are my babies like you. And then if people have kids, I get very sensitive. If like the kids are around the dog. So I get very picky about that. And it's like, yeah, that's I a hard did, conversation. Yeah. Cause people don't look as dogs as kids, even though they're like my kids. So like there's just, okay, I am a there. proud mom of one biological child and but then my stepchildren and I just lost my dog, as you know, a couple Ugh, days ago. And God. like, I am a real human mom, whatever the hell that means. It, that, that, that was my child that I lost. So like, yeah. I just, if, yeah. if you don't think that doggies are your kids, then another person I don't want to be friends with. Okay. Like, Amen. sorry. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I think the takeaway is you find your, your crew, your tribe, and then like you really put in time and energy where it does fit. Cause there is only so much time, but when you do find your crew, it's really, really nice to have them there. And you, it's quality over quantity all day long. I, I agree with that with everything. And yeah. like you I'd much rather have quality over quantity. Like you don't want to be a friend collector. And then it turns into a bunch of acquaintances. I rather have, and the older I've gotten to my friendships have gotten so much realer I don't know yeah. if just in a different place of life or like bigger things are going on but like the friendships I have now in my 30s versus like my 20s are incomparable yeah you can't well life's going on and like things do get complicated that gets layers and you need like your girl squad or your best friends like even I, obviously I'm not married but like to my or even in serious relationships I always say like have somebody else don't have that one person be your everything because that relationship can get so complex and that's great, but you really need a crew of people. And that could be two people, one best friend or something, just so it's not all on one person yeah. and you're diversifying some of this conversation, but to have those really rich relationships in your life and friendships, I mean, there's so such a blessing. There's no money. There's no sex. There's no, no, I mean, it's so pure. It's just such, it's, it's worth it from my perspective to have a few good ones than a ton of acquaintances. Like you just said. 
Yeah, I agree. You're funny. No, no, no sex, no money. No, <laughs> I mean, it's pure. There's no incentivize anything. Like you're straight up showing up because you want to hang out with that person. And you care about their soul. Like you don't care what they look I know. like. When you put it like that, I guess that is true. Yeah. yeah. People, people, they, I don't want to say sleep on friendships because that sounds like a weird pun, but like they don't really fully see um, how important they are. I think until it goes away. And I think mm-hmm. I've lost friends, but I also think things worked out how they're supposed to, but like things have not worked out. It's like, man, that was a really important situation in my life. And then oftentimes I'll be like, and it went away for a reason, but the good ones yes. that keep coming back and stick around, I think are really critical. So it's, it's equally as important for my eyes to handle grace with those situations like family. Even it's funny. Family- I've always, not that I've been quick quick to cut off people, but like, I made it clear, like my family, I'll do anything to preserve and like friends, like I kind of could let fizzle out a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've never gotten into like an an altercation argument, you know, disagreement, whatever with a friend. And then like, they didn't know, or they said something that hurt me and like went back and told them. And I just did that for the first time, not that long ago. I said to one of my best friends, like, Hey, this happened. It hurt my feelings. I know you didn't mean it. And I love you. And I'm like, Oh, this is like a really big growth thing. Like realizing and valuing that the friendship is that important to not like fester and sit on it. And that was the first in my 34, almost years of life to do that. I think that's that because it's easier to say nothing and just disappear. It's so much easier to dig up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and head out. But you do have to understand the cost in that. Like, do I really want to let this go? Or can I just nip it in the ass with one conversation? Like sometimes it's not as big of a deal as you think it's going to be. No. And it was so over and done with. And I was just like, I told, of course, my brother, because again, talked to him 50 times a day, how nice it was and how much I value the friendship that I wasn't even scared to do it. Actually, that's kind of like when I introduced my husband to my dad, everyone was like, weren't you nervous? And I was just like, I love this guy so much. And he loves me that like, I'm not scared of like, whatever might happen, which turned out to not be a big deal at all. So I think that's also a good barometer. Like when you you trust yourself enough to know it's the right thing or the situation and it turns out well. I think so too. I I, I agree with that. And I think you got to be in pretty evolved space. Do you think when you like fully fell in love, you were in like personal evolved space? No. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're young, but I think, I I think you're an old soul. hundred percent. That's what we connected on was um, our love of the talking heads and not many girls (laughs) that are 33 love the talking heads. Although my cute little boy loves psycho killer and Naive melody, you should hear him sing. He was singing on the dock yesterday. We live on the water. Uh, we will rock you. And he was yes. like, We will, we will rock you. And then he fell off the dock. So oh. now all day today, he's fine. He's a great swimmer. He's on swim team and everything. But he's like, We will, we will. And he's like, Splash. And he pretends that he's falling <laughs> in the water. So, yes, we're raising our son to be a little old soul as well. Oh, I love it. And I like that you like, don't get hardcore in these rules and nap time and all that. We didn't grow up. Like my parents never oh, had yeah. nap time. Like that was never it's chaos in here, but it's, yeah. it's amazing. If like yeah. we were out late last night for father's day and less slept late today, I know not everyone gets that lucky, but like yeah. it works for us. All right. I love it. Well, I think you guys check out what Samantha has going on. We could talk about a lot more things. I might actually have you on in like six months just to check in because I, <laughs> I love, love like your, like Samantha's take on life. I don't know. You should maybe do a podcast. The second one, that's just like Samantha's take on like the randomest things. Um, okay. but cause I think you are so good. Like you are just so transparent about stuff. And I think that's part of your gift and your gold, but, um, it's good. And I love that your family's out there and you are on the mic kind of, maybe it, it, it creates some ruffles, but I think you're really presenting a message of like breaking up status quo. And I think there's way more families like yours and people really think we just don't see it or hear about it or talk about it. Um, and it's, it's management, but you, but, but it works. Like just when you look at something, you're like, how does this it. work? It works. Yeah, it does. You got to want it. If you yeah. want it, 
work what for is, it. What is, what is like your closing piece of advice in managing something that isn't status quo? We'll keep it really general. Oh gosh, just don't be afraid to be who you are. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. You got, there's always going to be someone who has an opinion, always someone who's going to be annoyed or like it or doesn't like it. Just, just do you. It might turn out to be a really good thing. Hey, I think it did for me. There is. <laughs> I've done a lot of like coaching therapy, everything human optimization I'm in. And I was in this one, uh, I can't remember if it was therapy or coaching session. And of all the profound things I've read, I'm getting yeah. back into fitness. And this therapist was like, and I'm like, I thought CrossFit or training was the problem. And he goes, literally with dramatic pause. He goes, sometimes we get it wrong. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I like that. There you, yeah. There you go. Like that's sometimes it. You need that little like, and then there you go. Yeah, it's simpler, but you know, Samantha, where do we find you? Give us your Instagram, your podcast. Um, yeah. Tell us about it. I'm Samantha Swess. So that's Samantha with, with an S. There's my lovely list right there. Uh, W-E-S-T. That's my son's name. And SamanthaWest.com. It's also our boat's name if you're ever in Florida and see yes. one go by. Wait, just kidding. Um, not very relatable. Sorry. I don't even know why I just said that. Um, I love it. But yeah, and the podcast, Samantha, Samantha's West. Come visit. We love oh. to chit chat. Go check out this New Yorker telling it to you straight. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, we'll check in, but until then, go see what she has going on. And I, I love the intentional me. around your podcast, but I think you should show up for the humor if you're a future listener. So <laughs> going on. I laugh at myself a lot. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.